Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. What a privilege to be on our way to church in Oregon. We would pass uh, an elementary school, and you'd, you'd pass that by about 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.30, and there would be people already lined up, packed for church outside there on the grass. They call their church soccer, and uh, and so uh, they think we're crazy for go to church. They're lined up there all day long, early and everything, and I figured if they could go worship a ball, we could come worship God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I, I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Thankful for, for this church and y'all's faithfulness and revival and the things of God. And uh, thankful to have my, my friend Sean here from the cleaners. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And, uh, amen. Amen. And, uh, we'll just see what the Holy Ghost will do today. Amen. Matthew chapter seven. If you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew, the seventh chapter. Praise the name of the Lord. Matthew chapter 7. A familiar passage of scripture probably to everybody here. I'll tell you one of the neat things. We were singing that song uh, about the chains breaking or whatever. Uh, I can't remember all I know. is about Jesus. <laughs> that song about Jesus. Praise God. Boy, that was powerful. Uh, but it was. It, it, what's interesting to me when, you, when you're standing on the platform uh, probably any of the singers, anyone, if, you, if you're if you paying attention to what's going on out there besides just singing or playing, um, it's it's unique to see the way God moves upon people throughout a congregation. Uh, you can see, uh, you can see apprehension as it begins to go away. Uh, you can see uh, people that, you know, you wouldn't, you're not quite certain where they are with God as they begin to reach for God. There's other folks that, you think they're probably in a good place with God. You see them clinching down. Uh, and so uh, you, there are just so many variables that happen within a service as the preliminaries go and the, and the worship goes that uh, it's important, but it gives you a little bit of a barometer of what's happening in the Spirit. Amen. And so the Lord would help us here this morning. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, uh, Jesus is speaking. He's wrapping up. Uh, the discourse on the Sermon on uh, the Mount, not the Mound, as some folks would like to make it, uh, if you was in the baseball terminology. But he's wrapping it up. And so verse 21, he says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. What a sobering passage of scripture. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell. Great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, The people were astonished at his doctrine. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. We ask you to help us, Lord, over the next little while this morning. We give you all the praise and glory, Lord, for what you will do. And, God, we give you all the honor. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. This, This passage of Scripture has always intrigued me. Um, anyone that that does any type of public speaking or has uh, has been interested in it and studied it will will know that that uh, the way you end a a speech or message, however you want to would call it, within Pentecostal ranks, it, this isn't always a rule, but for the laws of public speaking, the way that you end any type of a speech is really the message you want everybody to take home with you. It's, it's an encapsulation of sorts of the main idea of that message. 
And the Lord has been speaking for some time. Uh, it's, it, it's really not that long if you just go through chapters. He starts in Matthew 5 and ends in 7, and so it's only a few, few chapters. Um, there's a lot of content in those chapters. There are, uh, if he wanted to send everybody home with uh, the Beatitudes, he could have ended there. He could have just said, blessed are those that are uh, merciful and blessed just all of the blessed. He could have sent, well, that would have been a neat way to send everybody home. Uh, and, and boy, folks would have felt probably a little bit more positive. Uh, he could have ended it on his discourse, of which we're not going to get into a whole lot today, but on his discourse about divorce and remarriage. But he didn't end it there. But he could have. He threw it in there. Uh, he could have, he could have ended it upon, uh, what we call the prayer, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. He could have sent everybody home with those words ringing, uh, and, and an example. After this manner, therefore pray ye. And there's few lessons, it would seem, that would be more important for, uh, a Christian to get a hold of than how to pray. Amen. There's, there's few, there's few things. There, there are no great men or women in the Bible, but there are just, men and women who God used greatly in prayer. Amen, amen. We could stop and talk about that for a while. You just feel a little nudge. But, but prayer, uh, he could have sent everybody home with prayer on their mind. He could have sent them home uh, with the idea of seeking God's help. Ask in verse 7 of chapter 7, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall. He could have sent them home. Uh, with great faith, man, I, I I'm going to I'm going to be the best uh, prayer. I'm going to have faith like I've never had faith before. But he didn't send them home that way. He he could have sent them home uh, with just a few words there at the end of seven uh, or middle where he says, "Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat." But he didn't leave them with that. That's part of it. It's on the way to ending. But he leaves them with a, with a very poignant word picture. And it's based, now I know that sometimes when we, when we preach about it and we talk about the rock, uh, we, we call the rock Jesus, building upon Jesus, and I'm certain that it can preach that way. But in the context that it's in, that's not what it's talking about. Uh, but but it does preach good the other way, and it's it's accurate to a degree. But he sends them home with with this. He he says, notice in verse twenty one, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to get into heaven. That's that's a that's a pretty brutal statement. Uh, that's brutal for you and I here today that believe that we are doing right. There's folks here uh, that have the the great potential. Uh, potential is really not a good word. Uh, the the possible judgment of being in this group that once said, "Lord, Lord," that once was exercised. The scripture said here, uh, many will say unto me, "They're going to give a list of qualifications in, in thy name." They're, they're going to use my name. And in my name, we cast out devils. And that's pretty powerful stuff. Uh, in my name, we were singing about the name. And, and, and it wasn't any, it's no small wonder that as we sang about that name, the power of the Lord began to sweep through here. And, and it gripped all of our hearts. And, and we all begin to lift hands. And we all begin to, to clap. And, and, and there was tears. And why is that? Because there's something about that name. It's more than just a song that's sung. Uh, but it is, it is a name that is all powerful. It is a name that really does set free. It's a name that really does save. And yet, and yet, he says, you can use that name and still be full of iniquity. That's sobering. That's, that's a very scary statement because there are, there are some folks that I have met over the years and Man, God has used me to cast out devils, and I, I'm certainly not going to question that He did. God's used me to lay hands on the sick, and they were healed, and I'm not going to question that it. The Bible says that's possible. 
and yet they and yet they use those things that God used them for as justification for other things they don't want to do in the scripture. Notice what he said. He said that then shall I profess unto them I never knew you. Now, this is not my subject where I'm going, but it's it it has its place and that is this particular verse and then will I profess unto them I never knew you the idea of knowing there is not just an intellectual knowledge the idea is one of knowing as in an intimate way and so when he's talking here these are folks they wanted to use his name but they didn't want to take on his name so where do you take on the name in baptism that's the first place you take on the name of Jesus this here's a good baptism scripture we live in a world, they'll use the name for all kinds of stuff, but don't use it in baptism. Well, that's the first place I take on the name. If I'm trying to use the name without ever having the name on me, without ever having the name in me, I'm doing illegal things with the name. I can take pastor's checkbook, uh, I can sign his name, uh, and I can do it to pay off your mortgage. I can do it for all kinds of good things, and as long as I don't get caught, they're gonna, they're gonna honor his name, and they're gonna, you're gonna have good things happen in your life. But if I ever get caught, it don't matter how many good things I did in his name. That's where our world lives. Well, look at all the good things I'm doing in the name of Jesus. Yes, but do you have the name of Jesus? Do you really know Him as your Lord and Savior? Now, as we, as we journey into that, that, that statement or those series of verses lead to where the Lord is going to send everybody home. And He's going to send them with with a very stark picture of which just about everybody here in this room knows. If you was in Sunday school, you heard it taught, and, and we already read it. But he says, therefore, or because of the danger of folks that's using my name to do wonderful things, and yet I don't know them. What a, what a, what a statement. I don't know them. You're doing things in my name. It don't matter how good it is. I don't know you. I know of you. But I don't know you. Oh, I want him to know me. I said, I want him to know me. When he thinks about me, I want him to think, hey, there's one of my children right there. There's one of my children right there. And we're going to find out how he knows whether or not you're one of his children. It's not the fact that you can use his name because anybody can use his name. They they do it all the time. The scripture said, therefore, because of the fact that you can be saying, Lord, Lord, and yet I never knew you. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them. And here he hearkens back to all of what he's taught in those last three chapters. Who hears these sayings of mine and does them. I'll liken to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And here we have to identify what the rock is. And it's obvious that what the Lord's talking about is the rock of obedience. The rock says, this is right. I will not move off of this. There's, we're, not, we're not going anywhere. This, this, is, this is what we're going to build on. And, and the truth don't change. And, and obedience to Christ's commands don't change. And so, so I'm going to build on this. It's not my opinion. It's not relative to what the world thinks or what the Lord's doing or, or their, their version of truth. It's interesting to me today that they're... When when you hear all of these statements, I, I'm always constantly, especially in the last several months, been reminded of Pilate's words to Jesus. What, what is this? And that's really what he that was. He wasn't asking really an honest question. He was making fun. What? 
Everybody's got a truth. They lived in a day where everything was negotiable. It's the same thing today. That's why the Lord said, man, there's people that's going to say, Lord, Lord, they're, they're negotiating truths to justify everything they want to do. But there is a truth. The truth church. <laughs> there is, there is a truth. There is, there is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's not just some abstract believism. That's a practice. That's a rock that you can build something on. I say, I'm going to obey his word. And so he says, the wise man hears and does. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew. And beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And here you can't help but think of the scripture in James where it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Because there's, I'll be obedient today, but tomorrow I'm going to do something different. Or I'm going to obey that, but I'm not going to obey this. So you're destroying your own foundation. The fact that you'll obey one thing out of the Word of God and won't obey something else out of the Word of God is a judgment against you. Because if you're willing to obey something out of the Word of God, then that's a tacit admission that everything in the Word of God should be obeyed. But I, I just like this piece here. You can't do that. He said, He's, He that heareth and doeth these words, sayings, not saying, sayings of mine what is it brother sister ma'am sir that that of god's word that you find challenging to obey what what area do we struggle with what areas have we embraced that would begin to build a foundation for our homes for our lives and the storms came and the Bible said it survived, for it was found upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, verse 26, and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. He got a house built too. I've heard folks say, well, unless the Lord builds a house, they can't be built. That's not what the verse says. They labor in vain that build it. You can build something, but it's an empty purpose if Jesus ain't in the middle of it. You can build whatever you want to, but if Jesus ain't in the middle of it, he ain't the architect behind it. If he's not helping you, then whatever you build ain't going to mean nothing anyways. It don't matter if you're building the Taj Mahal or you're just building a little shanty somewhere. It doesn't mean anything if Jesus isn't in it. There's a lot of things that get built, but what you're building it upon makes all the difference. So the Scripture says, the Scripture says that the man built his house but he built it upon the sand, sand that's shifting, that erodes easily. Pastor was, we were talking about his other house. He showed me some pictures. This just come to mind. I haven't, but your that porch deal that was built in front of his house, and and because the foundation something wasn't done right on it, it began to sink, and it begins to pull that awning away from the house. That's someone that didn't take into account all of the all of the dynamics of building. It's easy to get something built. It's not so easy to get something built right. It's like somebody said one time, so practice makes perfect. And that's not true. Perfect practice makes perfect. So you can practice the same thing and get in a habit of doing something wrong. And then wonder why you're, how come it just never works? I spend three hours doing it. Yeah, but you're doing three hours every day wrong. Just a, just a little bit. And even professionals can, after they're professionals, can develop some type of, uh, of error in whatever they're doing. And they need a trainer to come correct them. So you need to get back to some fundamentals because this is why you're going off. Because they realize there's something wrong with my game. I'm doing something wrong. What's the problem? Well, you got to come back to the rock. You're, 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 in, you're in danger of getting caught up in the storm, and then you're going to cease to be the professional you were. And everybody will talk about what you was, but you can't get there anymore. And so you got to correct the mistakes here so you can have something that's sure. And so the, the Scripture said, The rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat upon the house, and 
And here, and here we see that the scripture lets us know that the storms are coming to both houses. They're coming to both houses. Well, I live for God. There's, there's false doctrine out there. Matter of fact, we're going to read a verse here in just a little bit. I say we, Brother Goff's going to help me. That there's a verse that talks about coming with much, serving God comes with much, much tribulation. Not much blessing. What a promise. You're going to be faithful to God, there's going to be much tribulation. See, nobody ran. No hand claps, no shouts, no none of that. Much tribulation. Wow, praise God. Now that's called storms. And the storms are coming to see whether or not you're building on the right foundation. Because he's interested uh, in people that are building on this foundation correctly. So that way when we get to heaven, uh, we can inherit the promise of something that's built for eternity. Mm. And so the storms come. So it don't matter. It don't matter whether you're building on the rock of obedience to God's word or the rock of shifting of, or, or the sands rather of shifting opinions. Well, that's not how mom did it. That's not how my parents do it. That's not how my grandparents did it. That's not how, uh, that, that, that's not my opinion. That's not how the church across town's doing it. That's not how uh, so-and-so did it. That's not, how, well, that's not what I read on the internet. It's not what I heard. It's not what I watched. Stop listening and watching and hearing the internet. That's why God gives you a pastor, not 15 other pastors. Hallelujah. Well, praise God anyways. Just throw that in there. Shifting sands. Opinions. Opinions. Nobody else is going to give an opinion or rather a judgment about how you live for God other than the pastor and you to God. None of of the other voices in your life are going to give any type of representation to you or for you. And so the storms are coming. It don't matter what type of storms they are. Financial storms, marital storms, children's storms, health storms. Storms are coming. Can't get away from them. Well, that's another promise. You all missed the opportunity just to worship God right there. It's a promise. Can't get away from the storm. Somebody said, well, when we get to the church perfected, we'll really have revival. Well, you'll never have it. The Apostle Paul said heresies must come. There'll never be a day in any church, the church globally, the church locally. There'll never be a day in a church where there is not going to be some type of heresies coming into that church. Are you going to get it perfect enough? That's why you got to have a five-fold ministry. That's why you got to have a pastor. Because when the heresies come, the Bible says it's to prove. It's to prove those that believe. Those that want truth, those that want to stay rooted, rooted and grounded upon obedience, those folks are going to be proven. Pastor, we ain't going nowhere. We, we got the truth. We got obedience. We're staying here. We're not going to let some false deal come in. We're not going to let some heresy come in. You know what heresy is? Heresy is, 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 is falsehood with just Enough truth mixed in to make it believable. Wow. Well, praise God. Sunday morning. Hey, man, I'm having fun. I don't know if anybody else is. The rain descended. So all the storms are coming. They're coming. Look at your neighbor. Tell them they're coming. I know. It'd be a whole lot better to preach. Blessings are coming. Faith's coming. Somebody release faith. I kind of, Every once in a while, I kind of get a kick out of releasing faith. Because faith isn't something you really release. Faith is something that's obeyed. They were obedient to the faith. I understand sort of what they're meaning, but but we got a lot of charismatic stuff involved. Speak faith. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. Yeah, well, what was the word? The word that ver- You know that verse is located where all the blessings and curses were? That's what that's talking about. That wasn't talking about... The word is nigh thee. I want a thousand dollars. Claim it. It's not in there. Sounds good. Well, it makes everybody happy. I thought years ago there was a there was a there was a uh, I know pastor remember there was there was a lot of lot of uh, what do they call those marketing schemes that come in. Um, 
and, uh, and, and for a while, yeah, there's pyramid schemes, but for a while there was seed money. Everybody was going around, and, and you heard the, you could tell these young guys, and I, I mean, I was younger then, I, there, some of them was my generation, they're running around preaching all this seed money. You give X amount of dollars, God will give X amount of dollars to you. Where is that? It's not in there. It's not in there. Not, not, not X amount of dollars. It just says to give, and that he would open the windows of heaven. It don't say how much or when. It's a Bible principle, but don't prostitute the Bible principle to try and give something else that's not there. That's how folks end up leaving the rock, because they get upset. They get disappointed. Somebody lied to them. Somebody distorted truth. And so now all of a sudden, well, because that was wrong, I'll just get off the rock. You better be careful because somebody comes with a heresy and some type of false doctrine and they get disappointed or maybe you do. Don't get off the rock of obedience. Just mark it down. Say, God, I I learned a lesson, but I ain't getting off of this rock. There is nothing that's going to come in my life that's going to make me get off the rock of obedience. And go build on the shifting sands of man's opinion. Now, he says, and the rain descended, floods came, wind blew. And then he dismissed. All right, everybody go home. God bless everybody. And they all left. Having in their minds and hearts all of the previous sayings. But they had, they left going, what kind of house? In my building. Am I the wise person or am I the foolish person? I've never heard anything like this. That's what your Bible says. They were astonished. It's doctrine. What, what kind of house? What, I, I got to go back and examine my life in view of all this stuff. And what type of materials am I using? Is it on a rock or is it on sand? What about for my family? What am I? What kind of? What am I building for them? You know, I'm, oh, that, that's what they they leave. You know, what would happen in our lives if if our decisions in life were based on whether it was a rock philosophy or a sand philosophy? Is this decision I'm about to do, is it something that's going to contribute to building on the rock of obedience to God? Or is it going to lead me somewhere in my family to contemplating building on the sand? Well, I want a rock. Man, my my spiritual rock is going to be, it's going to be obedience. But, you know, I got a vacation home over here on the sand. Sometimes I check out of here and I go over to this house over here. It's not how it's supposed to be. What areas in our lives? Now here's here's some scriptures, John chapter 8, verse 31, that gives us a little bit more clarity on this, this passage of scripture, and this, these pictures, word pictures that the Lord has given us. To contemplate. John chapter 8, verse 31. Read, if you would, brother. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Yes. If ye continue in my word. If. Everyone say if. 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 The doctrine of, well, once saved, always saved. and Well, just accept Jesus as your personal Savior and everything's okay. All of those have, have a kernel of truth to them. They do have a kernel of truth to them. But they just don't have all truth. And they've been built into something bigger than what that kernel is. Once saved, always saved. That means you're, you're destined to, that's if I stay in Jesus. Someone asked me, do you believe in the predestination doctrine? I said, yes, I do. And they said, you do? I said, yes. The church is predestined to be saved. If Joseph Allah stays in the church, I am predestined to be saved. If Joseph Allah doesn't stay in the church, Joseph Allah is lost. I don't care how much I talked in tongues. I don't care how many folks I healed. How many, I'm not predestined for nothing except if I stay in the church. 
because the church is predestined for victory. But folks want to convolute that idea and just say, well, once I'm saved, I'm always saved. Well, no, no, you've got to stay in the church. If, Jesus said, if, you're my disciples. If, that's a big if. Two little letters. You're my disciple. Well, I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe in, I believe in Jesus. I got my bumper sticker. There's a, there's a song years ago by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I, I still like the song. I wouldn't want to hear it in church. Some folks need to learn. They need to discern the difference between just good Christian music that's meant for listening on the outside and, and music that's conducive for worship in the church house. That's discernment. But anyways, that's just for free. Sorry, Pastor. Uh, but, but what about the change is the name of the song, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And he talks about all the little accoutrements that today's Christians have. You, you know, I got my keychain, I got my bumper sticker, I got the welcome mat that says, God bless you, you know, and, and I like it. And, and it's, it's a cool, and it's a, but he says, but what about the change? What about the change? You are my disciples if you continue in my word. What about the change? Is it just a momentary change? Some folks will come to church and they'll be challenged for a moment. Well, God, I'm going to do something different. And they might do it for two or three days and then they fall back into the same patterns. Why? Because really you are challenged for a few moments to build on the foundation of the rock of obedience. But you found out that it takes discipline to do that. And so I'm going to go back over here to the shifting sands of opinion where I can make myself feel better by what everybody else thinks and how everybody else lives. And you, and you live your life for God in ways that you would never live life on your own jobs. I just went to Medlin. They, they, live, they live life for God in, in ways... God understands. I'll just do, I'll just do, but you would never approach your marriage that way. And you would never, there's a lot of other things you would never approach because you know it wouldn't survive. But because God doesn't judge right now and there's a judgment way off somewhere and you really don't really, you really don't believe that. And so, and so, cause if you did, then you'd be building on the rock of obedience. And so, and so we treat the things of God differently. But he said, you are my disciples if, if, you continue in my word if I continue to build on the rock of obedience. God. So, well, Brother Swall, what if I mess up? Well, that's why we have forgiveness. There's a difference between messing up and going and being a knucklehead. That's, that's, that's why there's preaching like this and teaching like the pastor does and all that confronts us. So that way when we messed up, oh, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I, I really want to build on, on obedience. And so this is what I'm going to do. But those that don't really want to build on obedience, then they just, they, they, they come, this isn't for our visitors, but, but they, they come every once in a while or as it fits their schedule and so forth. Or they just come on Christmas and Easter. I call them C and E Christians. Just, just on holidays. So, but those, those aren't disciples of Christ. You, you're my disciple if you continue in my words. If you do them. The, the next scripture here, uh, Acts 14, verse 22. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, verse 31. Read verse 32. Because watch this, now verse 32 Verse 31, of course, comes before verse 32, which I just want you to know how smart I am. Okay, now, but, but verse 32 is the verse that everybody knows. But it's predicated on 31. Yes. So read 32. And you shall know the truth. Ah. And the truth shall make you free. You can only know truth and be made free by continuing in his word. You cannot separate those two. The world, they just like that. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. What is the truth? The truth is found in the Word of God. Truth is more than doctrine. Truth is a person. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
So you got to know the person of Jesus. You got to know his word. Then I can talk about being set free. But if I really don't know his word and I'm really not interested in obeying his word, I'll never be set free. Acts 14, verse 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples. That's what the apostle Paul was doing. He was going, there was traveling, one of his missionary trips. Second or third, I'm not certain which one in this passage, but he's on one of his missionary. And he's going through, he's confirming all the places that they've started churches. And so he's confirming, read. And exhorting them to continue in the faith. Yeah, exhortation, commanding, not a suggestion. Exhorting, you got to continue in the faith. You got to stay on the rock of obedience. Why? That we must through much, much tribulation. Some of the tribulations brought on our own selves by ourselves. And that's really not what that verse is talking about. But we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So with continuing in faith comes much tribulation. What a promise. But the promise is I get to go to heaven. Because the world's going through much tribulation too. But if they're not continuing in faith, the only promise they got is hell. I, no wonder there's some folks don't want to believe in heaven or hell. Doesn't help their cause much. They're going to go to one of the two places. And if they don't believe in heaven, they're certainly going to hell. But as for you and I, I can tell this is going over real good. I see lots of folks just kind of, eyes are just, they're almost healed of insomnia right now. Amen. Amen. Pray. We'll stop and celebrate. No, I'm just messing around. A little light moment in the middle of seriousness. But because they decide to not continue in faith, they'll never make heaven their home. And they wonder why their lives are so full of turmoil with no peace. See, God promises that in the midst of tribulation, you got to go through it, Brother Goff, but I'll be the Prince of Peace in the middle of it. The world has no hope. They're going to go through the same storms and they're built on all of the sand and they're eroding, their foundations are eroding and there's nothing to turn to and they have no peace and no hope but those that at least have the foundation of obedience. God, in the middle of everything that's going on, I know that I can still have faith in you for salvation and there's still peace. Why? Because I'm obeying the word of God. My feet are planted. My house is built. Read Romans chapter 11, verse 22. I'm hurrying to a close. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. The goodness and severity of God. Read. On them which fail severity. Yeah. But toward thee, goodness. Yes. Thou continue in his goodness. Goodness is given. It's provided if you continue. If I continue. But if not... Cut off. Goes once saved, always saved. Have a hard time with that. You're cut off. Why? Because you're not going to continue in God's goodness, in the faithfulness to His Word. What type of house are you building? What type of foundation is your house built on? Have you been thinking of maybe, well, maybe we don't need this foundation as strong. And, and you know, matter of fact, listen, why don't we make an addition over here, but we're not going to make it with the same foundation. Huh. I was in Mississippi. No, Louisiana. Got a picture of it somewhere. I took, I couldn't help it. Elder. I'm talking about a mobile, a uh, 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 travel trailer. Pop out. Somebody had taken one of the pop-outs and put on a regular edition off the pop-out. I thought, oh, that's ingenious. <laughs> that's just, you all understand what, I, what I'm saying? Some of you do. Okay, a trailer has pop-outs. You know what a pop-out is, Brother Andrew? Okay, so you ever seen a trailer and it's got a little piece that comes out of the side? Yeah, it's called a pop-out, okay? So you got a pop-out. And then what they did is they came around and they built some type of structure around it.
so that way they could have like an extra room. Yeah, cut a hole in their pop out. Everybody that builds stuff understands what that's, that's a recipe for nothing. But, but look at what we've done. We constructed something. It's bigger. It's better. It's goofy. It's not going to work out real good in a storm. You're going to have all kinds of problems eventually. But for the moment, look what we did. Man, look how smart we are. Look how ingenious we are. Wow, it's really going to be something neat. But in the long run, it's going to cost you. That's how some folks are trying to serve God and build their homes. Well, I built this on this foundation. I like I like obeying this about God. But we're going we're going to put a pop out up here. We're going to build something else over here, and it's not going to be on the same foundation. So that way, I can go back and forth. Between foundations. I can go back and forth in my house. That's why the Bible talks about guarding your minds. Guarding your spirits. Because if you're not careful, you know, one of the, the, the word just, uh, what, what's that? Uh, it, it, it talks about, it, it, man, I, 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 can, I can describe it, but I can't remember what the word is. Uh, in other words, there's no, in the scripture, there's no, there's no door. It's just a threshold. Anything can come back and forth across the threshold. There's no guard on it. It's not vain. Profane? It's one of those words. But the, the meaning of it, it means there's, there's, there's really no threshold. There's, no, there's nothing to guard the thoughts. That's the world we live in. Anything's welcome. So that's why you can have folks, they'll come to church. Our world today is so spiritual. They can walk in because there's no guard. And so they can walk in, and boy, they can feel God. They'll respond, love Jesus or whatever. And then they walk right back out the door, and they turn on the radio and listen to whatever they listen that's ungodly. They can put something else up and godly. But thank God there are folks in the world. I'm talking about in the world. And they're looking. They know the difference. They feel the difference. Uh, they'll say, man, this can't be right. I, I, God, There's got to be something more for God. There's got to be somewhere that they're saying, man, there's a, there's a foundation I can build on. Somewhere there's a place I can, man, I can plant down some roots, and I can be strong for God. God to not waver and bend. And God's looking for those. And so, First Timothy chapter four, verse sixteen. Take heed unto myself, unto thyself. The apostle Paul's writing to Timothy, preacher, young preacher, and he's giving him some warnings that that extends beyond Timothy. But but he's giving him some warnings. Take heed to thyself. Everyone say, take heed. So, what are we doing this morning? Lesson preaching, I'm not certain what this is. Treaching, taking heed on what you're building on. Have you started your foundation upon obedience to God? If you have, are you contemplating trying to build other structures on the shifting sands of life? Beware. Take heed, Reed. And unto the doctrine. Unto the doctrine. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Don't let anyone tell you doctrine's not important. Well, I just want to go to a church that's just going to make me feel good. And, and, and thank God for the, much, of, much of what we've experienced in this revival. And there's been several services and no preaching in some places. Oh, my, we had a great church. There wasn't any preaching. And, and some, of them I, some of them I think they actually mean it that way too. But the reason why you can have real true moves of God that way is because there is a whole lot of doctrine. There is a whole lot of preaching. There is a whole lot of, of foundation material that folks say, man, I'm going to build a life on that. And so then when the winds of the Holy Ghost come moving, uh, everybody runs outside and goes, hey, this is a celebration. Praise God. Uh, but when the winds of carnality in the world start going, no, 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 we're going to be inside. We ain't going out in the middle of that stuff. We got a place we can survive. He said, take heed to yourself. To the doctrine, read. Continue in continue, them. Continue. Continue. If you continue. You are my disciples if you don't just hear, but you do. 
continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save yourself. The old song says, above all else, I must be saved. You don't hear songs like that written today. You know why? Because everybody already thinks they're saved and God just has to take them in whatever condition they are. And however, as long as I just believe in Jesus, I'm okay. So therefore, I don't need to have anything that says above all else, I must be saved. I don't have to have any song that that makes me feel convicted if I'm not doing right. Because God just has to take me however I'm building my house as long as I say Jesus Whatever you have to do to me, don't let me be lost. You won't be lost, brother, sister, if you take heed to yourself and continue in the doctrine. Because then you'll be able to save yourself. And those that hear, not everybody that hears, because the same qualifications that it takes for you and I to be saved, it's going to take for them. Those that hear and do. Those that hear and do. One more time, Matthew chapter 7. So many are going to say, Lord, Lord, we did all these wonderful things. He's going to say, I don't know you. You work iniquity. The word iniquity means lawlessness. You're you're going against the law. You're writing checks in my name. And my account is good. And so I'm going to honor them. But you're going to get caught eventually. And when you do, it's going to be too late to repent. Because you ran around saying you was one of mine. You had authority to exercise in my account. But you never knew me. And I never knew you. Therefore, he says... Whoever hears these sayings of mine and doesn't, you're going to be a wise person. What kind of people do we want to be today? Do we want to be wise in the things of God? Or do we want to be like the second, the foolish, that builds on the shifting sands of man's opinion, builds on the shifting sands of doctrines, builds on the shifting sands of rebellion and disobedience, all of the excuses where it says God above all else I want to be a wise person and I don't just want to be, I am going to be that's a matter of the will brother or sister, it's a matter of the will I will be, I will build I will build on the rock of obedience I will not build on the sand. Why? Because I want you to know I'm a disciple of yours. When you look down, when judgment comes, you're not going to part from me. You worked iniquity. You're saying, come on in this place, thou well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the house of the Lord. Why? Because God, I'm doing my best to build on the rock of obedience. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Oh, your word, your word. The words that you speak, God, they are spirit, they are life. God, they're bringing life today to all those that will hear and embrace and do. Your spirit, God, is vivifying and reviving, God, those of us, Lord, that desperately want you. God, your word is pricking the hearts and minds of those, Lord Jesus, that are contemplating and may even now be building upon the shifting sands of man's religious opinions, the spirits of this world. God, we ask you, Lord, that you would help us this morning. Help us this morning. Why don't we all come together? Can we all come here? Just come down to the front. Amen. Come on. Come on. We're all just going to spend a few moments of time together. Would you just come down? Lift your hands as you come down. Let's ask God. Let's ask God to touch our hearts. Sean, if you want to come over on this side with the fellas. 
Amen. Come on, let's just lift our hands and ask God to help us. God, if there's any areas in our lives, God, that God are not built upon the rock of obedience to your word. God, would you, would you help us, Jesus? Would you reveal it to us today, Jesus? Oh, God, we want to be saved. We want to be conduits of salvation to those that would hear us today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Come on. If there's no areas that you can think of in your life, why don't you thank him today? God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, for the place, oh, God, that we can be obedient to your word, Lord Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. Oh, come on, come on. Let's just concentrate on ourselves right now. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, you're mighty. You're mighty, oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your presence and might, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping us here today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, God, for your spirit, oh, Lord Jesus, and your anointing that helps us. God, that brings clarity of thought and mind. God, that brings determination, oh, Lord Jesus. God, to have hearts, oh, Lord, made up to serve you God, to be, O Lord, a disciple of yours, O Lord Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your spirit. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Help us. Help us, O God. Lord, to build, O Lord Jesus, God, our families, God, upon the rock of obedience to your word. God, we give you all the praise, the glory. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Lord, look deeply, O oh God, into our hearts and minds today. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, Jesus. The challenge, God, the challenge, O oh God, of your word, O oh Lord Jesus. God, to be found faithful, to be found disciples, O oh Lord God, of yours. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. God, to be found wise before you. God, not foolish, but wise. Lord Jesus, we love you today. We love you today. We thank you. 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 Oh, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord together right now. Ah, Lord God, you are name, your name, your name, your word. God that works in us, Jesus. God help us, Lord, to be doers, to be doers of the word. God doers of the word, Lord, and not hearers only today. Lord Jesus, we give you all the praise, the glory. The name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.